And welcome to the Season 4 premiere of the Dolphin Pod, exclusively on CSI Sportsnet. Last time we spoke to you here on the show, it was late in the year 2023, and we were live from the CSI Students versus Faculty and Staff basketball game, of course, hosted by CSI Intramurals. If you haven't checked it out already, check out that episode as well as the full game over on our CSI Sportsnet YouTube channel. You can find the link to the full game in the description of our last episode of the show. But we have a packed season four premiere today as it is championship season here at the College of Staten Island. We have plenty to talk about in the realm of conference championships as the Dolphins are set to compete in a pair of conference championships coming up this weekend with potentially two more to speak of in early March. First, CSI Swimming and Diving will wrap up their season this weekend with their debut in the Northeast 10 Conference Championship. After After announcing their associate membership in the NE10 last year, the program has been impressive in their first season as part of a new conference. Throughout the season, the Dolphins scored numerous conference accolades, including Rookie of the Week, Swimmer of the Week, Relay of the Week, and Diver of the Week honors. However, their success extended beyond the pool as 19 CSI student-athletes appeared on the Northeast 10 academic honor roll. In addition to that, both the men's and women's swimming and diving teams were named to the College Swimming and Diving Coaches Association of America Scholar All-America Team, an accomplishment that has become regular for a program that has a long-standing history of academic achievement. Speaking of programs that have experienced academic success, nearly the entire CSI men's basketball program posted a GPA of over 3.0, and that level of success in the classroom has undoubtedly been matched by their performance on the court. After a tough start to their season in the Tournament of Heroes with a pair of losses, the Dolphins have since gone 15-6. and They have picked up wins over regionally acclaimed programs along the way and even broke into the East Region Top 10 for the first time early in the season. Most importantly, the team currently holds the number two seed in the East Coast Conference and is poised to earn a first-round bye in the playoffs. Led by two players who have reached 1,000 points as a Dolphin this year in Messiah Mallory and Bryce Waterman, the team is certainly in contention for a conference championship this season and will be looking for their first Division II postseason victory when they enter the ECC playoffs in March. Also with an eye towards the playoffs is the only varsity sports program to win a postseason game in Division II, the CSI Women's Basketball Program. Currently, the Dolphins occupy the final playoff spot in the ECC, but they also hold the tiebreaker over the teams that are chasing them for that sixth and final seed. With four conference games remaining, it's unlikely that the Dolphins will get the opportunity to host their first home playoff game. However, the team is in firm control of their playoff fate heading into the final three weeks of the season. Led by junior Genelise Alarcon, who delivered a career-defining performance in the playoffs last season, the Dolphins will make their push towards the playoffs with a roster containing many of the key players who got their first taste of postseason basketball last year. 
Outside the realm of varsity sports, CSI Esports looks to receive another invite to Nationals as their winter season moves towards its conclusion. CSI Esports remains a steady presence in the championship picture in both the ECC and ECAC, highlighted by a championship-clinching goal with one second remaining in the East Coast Conference Rocket League Grand Finals this past fall. The Dolphins also took the ECC Overwatch 2 Championship on that same night. For more on CSI Esports and their complete schedule of events, visit the Esports landing page over at CSIDolphins.com. Now, of course, there is one more conference championship that we have not spoken about yet. That takes place this weekend at the Ocean Breeze Track and Field Complex on Staten Island. Our next guest on this season premiere of the Dolphin Pod will have plenty to say about that as I get the chance to speak to CSI cross-country track and field head coach, Akil St. Louis. We're joined by head coach St. Louis when we come back. And welcome back to our season four premiere of the Dolphin Pod. As promised, ahead of our brief break, we're going to take a look ahead to the CSI Indoor Track and Field Championship this week. And of course, they are participating in the East Coast Conference Championship held at Ocean Breeze on Staten Island. And here to talk about that championship with me and to talk about much more, CSI Cross Country Track and Field Head Coach, Akil St. Louis. Hey, John. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yep. Well, much like Jeff Benjamin, you requested to be on the show, Akil, and any time that we have a guest request to join us in the Dolphin Pod, I jump at the opportunity. Hard to find people who want to get on headset and have a conversation these days. Yes, it's, it can be difficult, but I, I thought it was a good idea to, you know, to come on to um, talk about the team, talk about the program, and um, get things rolling. So I appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your busy day to, to come and speak with me about you know, our track and field program. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Akil. As always, we appreciate it. And before we talk about the team, we'll talk a bit about you. You have Division One collegiate experience yeah. running at Long Island University. Talk about how you got involved in cross-country track and field and what that experience was like as a student athlete for you. Um, track and field at LIU was, was grueling. It was tough. Um, my first semester, um, I didn't have the, the academic um, grades to be eligible. Um, so, you know, what I, what I did is I, I was missing a core class, and I, I know Brian would like to hear this, but <laughs> I, was miss, I was missing a core class. And uh, in order to be eligible, um, I needed to take that core class at LIU. Um, so every day I went to the compliance uh, person at that time, um, <clears throat> spoke to Margaret, who is now the uh, associate athletic director at uh, Stack, um, to get me back into, you know, what I needed to get back into, into, into running. So, you know, for my first semester, I was a walk-on athlete. Um, I ran for uh, Coach Sanford um, and Coach Simon, um, who recently passed away, unfortunately, uh, probably about uh, two months ago. Um, and it was, it was a fun experience. Um, when I got eligible, um, we had uh, morning practice at 6.30 in the morning, and we had to, we had to run for 45 to, to an hour in Prospect Park in Brooklyn. Um, and then we had to, and then when we came back, then we had to do uh, weightlift. And after weightlift, then we had practice at three o'clock. So it was a lot, a lot of uh, managing, of um, of time. And um, uh, Division One is not, it's not easy. It's not for the faint of heart. But it was probably one of the, the greatest um, endeavors I ever took, uh, as far as being a, a student athlete um, with the sport of track and field. Yeah. 
time management, something that we spoke about a lot no. in terms of our student-athletes when no. we made the move from NCAA Division three to NCAA Division two, and I'm no. sure that's something that some of your mentors spoke to you about and something you and I spoke about when no. you came back to the College of Staten Island were some of your mentors that helped you along the way and helped form no. your ideology as a coach. Talk about some of those mentors, and when did you realize you wanted to get into coaching? Uh, that's a great question. So... Um uh, I had really good mentors coming out, you know, when I started uh, running track. I started running track uh, probably, this, well, the summer of 1997. Um, I, 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 I discovered I could run a little bit. I was a, I could, I could sprint. I ran for Holy Family in, uh, in Staten Island. Um, and then I got involved with uh, running more seriously with uh, Coach Vinny Giles. Uh, Coach Vinny Giles runs for, uh, well, he ran for, he ran for Wagner High School. Um, and then he started a program called uh, There to Care. Uh, there to Care kind of was, was a part of the community. It helped um, a lot of adolescents from the inner cities of Staten Island to, to help grow, uh, grow them and, and, uh, and help them be, be more uh, infectious leaders in, in the community. Um, so that was something that I was, you know, I, I was fo more focused on that as being like a top sprinter in Staten Island. Um, and he took me on. Um, and then from there, I went. I went to um, compete for Curtis High School. Um, I always shout out Curtis. I'm proud Curtis alum. Um, you know, and I was under the the tutelage of, of, of Coach Ron Bubba Banks. Uh, we call him Bubba. His, his mother called him Bubba <laughs> when he was growing up as a kid. Um, and then, uh, then from there, um, I got in, I got involved with when I was when I was at LIU. I had a teammate by the name of Jeremy Alvarez. Um, Coach Alvarez was – him and I, we, we didn't really have a, a connection in college until afterwards. Um, I, I've known him and seen him through, through running, and, um, and uh, you know, he was – then he became my, my college teammate, and it was probably uh, the best experience with him uh, to learn from him and, to, and, to, and to, to guide with him throughout that process. So, you know, those, those three uh, men were very influential in, in, in who I am today. Um, I got into, I got into track and field, you know, very, very young when I was in, in 97 and I, and I thought to myself, um, why not coach? So I took a major, uh, and, and minored in, um, coaching and conditioning at LIU, um, and, you know, was under the kind of like the, the, the tutelage of, of, uh, uh, Professor Eugene Spatz. Who also told me that you you know you have a kind of like calming uh, acumen to to coach and to do things for the community and and I was like oh, I don't I don't think I could do that um, and he kind of like was just kept pushing me and pushing me you should coach you should coach um, so then in, in 2009 my last year at, at running uh, for LIU I decided to to focus on coaching and not running myself. Um, so that year, 2008, 2009, I started to, to coach at Curtis High School as a volunteer assistant coach. And sometimes it does take a great mentor to let you know that yep. you might be capable of what you don't know you're capable of. When, yeah, yeah. when I was a student here at the College of Staten Island, mm -hmm. I took sports management. Yeah. That class was, of course, taught by David Pizzuto, our former sports information director. Yep. He picked me out of the class, said there's a job for you in athletics if you're interested. Mm -hmm. Then I got the chance to call games, and 
I never really thought that was a career possibility for me, but yeah. on my eighth grade yearbook, dream job, sports broadcaster. Wow, look at that. So in large part, thanks to Dave, the founder yep. of this show, yep. I made it there. And it's a great story that I like to share on the show all the time, but I think yep. it relates well to your story and what yep. you just mentioned. But for those who don't know, you arrived at CSI for the first time in 2019. At that time, I was assistant sports information director. Yes, I remember that. Yep. Both of us departed for a time since then. Yep. I returned late in 2022. Okay. You returned late last year. What did your path to CSI under head coach Andrew Gangemi look like, and how did you end up coming back? Uh, so um, I've, I've, known, I've known Coach G uh, since high school. Um, he ran for St. Peter's. I ran for Curtis. So we always had that rivalry. So I, I, I saw him all the time. Um, and then when I saw that he got the, the, the head coaching job here, I emailed him. Um, and the funny thing is, uh, Coach G called me probably about a minute or two minutes after I emailed him. Um, and he's like, you know, you, you got to come and, you know, I want to let's have an interview. Let's talk. Uh, that next day I came, um, interview with him. I spoke with him. Um, and then he was like, you know, I want you to coach the, the sprint groups. Um, at that time, I didn't have much. Um, I had a little bit of experience coaching in the sprint groups, but I needed I needed a little bit more experience. And I felt like, you know, coaching with the sprinters uh, extensively was probably the best thing that could have happened to me. So for the, those three years of learning under uh, Coach G was probably one of my best experiences uh, coaching-wise. And when we spoke to Chase Licata, our director of athletics, following your hire, he said one of the most important aspects of the new head coach and his position leading the team would be his ability to connect student-athletes. And he said Mm -hmm. that's something that helped lead him to choosing you. How have you managed to form that bond with student-athletes that's so important to the growth of a program? I know that all of us here as administrators have a bond with the student-athletes in our own unique way. Me as the play-by-play commentator, I've formed a relationship with student-athletes over the years. How have you managed to form that bond as a coach? Um, Sometimes it could be difficult forming bonds, but especially with with our student-athletes who come from different parts of uh, New York City, come from different areas throughout the world. Um, It could be very tough uh, sometimes. Um, but I try to get to, to know them outside of track and field and get to understand what they like, what they dislike, uh, their, their mannerisms. Um, I call it trying to get on the same vibration, um, and, and, and it's, been, it's, it's been helpful in that way. So every probably uh, quarter of our season, whether it be indoors or, or cross country, I meet with them just to get, to, uh, get, just to get a better understanding of who they are as people. Um, and I did that throughout that, that time uh, when Coach G was a head coach. Um, you know, I got to, to know uh, uh, Jordan a little bit more. I got to know uh, Jared Nussler a little bit more. Uh, Ahmed, uh, uh, Justin Davis, uh, those guys, just getting to know them a little bit more. And that kind of like pushed them as far as um, when, it, when we went to track practice. Um, and, and, that's, and that's the most important thing to do with them. And let's talk about your first season as head coach. Of course, we had cross country in the fall. We have the indoor championship coming up this weekend. What are your thoughts on how the first season has gone so far, and what are your expectations for Sunday? Um, Our our first indoor season, it it was a, you know, we had our our ups and downs as a, I think, as a a group and as a program. Um, And that's track and field. You go through ebbs and flows of, of good, go through ebbs and flows of not so good, and go through ebbs and flows of bad, really bad. 
um, and we, we we went and we covered all those bases. Um, but it, it's good because it helped them and, and helps them grow as a, as a unit. Um, you know, we had a, a lot of a lot of student athletes who are uh, who are walk-ons, um, and in the past, I know especially last year, uh, walk-ons were kind of like, yeah, we'll we'll take you, but we're not going to take you as seriously. Um, the walk-ons are part of the program, even if they're not on any type of athletic scholarships. Um, that's that's your that's your way to to kind of earn athletic scholarship by doing the right things outside of the sport. You know, being a good person in in, in the CSI community, uh, being a good person with your teammates, being a good student, being a great athlete. You know, once you hit all those tears, you know, then you know, um, you know, then we could discuss about you know where you're at and how we could get you better as a as an athlete. Um, so uh, you know, I did I did something that a lot of uh, coaches wouldn't do uh, take on a lot of walk-ons, um, and I felt like that was important to kind of bridge the gap between our uh, our regular academia CSI community and and our athletic community, and kind of unite that those bonds and ways to kind of help grow the program. And it's been working, but sometimes they, they they're still trying to get the the nuances of it. Some of them have have ran haven't ran in three to five years. Um, uh, let, let's let's say uh, Ryan Tierney. Ryan Tierney was a was a, a Manhattan College guy. He ran for Manhattan College for four years. Um, he's a he doesn't like what I say, but he he is a part of that legendary status of distance running. Um, and uh, you know to get him back and to be a part of this this program again it means a lot. Um, to get back Eni, who's uh, a sprinter for Port Richmond, um, you know you know top top PSL sprinter to get her back. Uh, means a lot. Who you know? She was a cheerleader. Uh, to get uh, uh, Vincent, they call him. He wants to be called Vi. He's probably going to kill me. And I said that. <laughs> but um, you know, to get Vi back, uh, it, it meant a lot to me. It meant a lot to the program. Um, so we getting all these. You know, we getting all these these kids back to to cultivate and build up. Um, you know, build up the program um, as well. So you know. Um, it takes time. It's going to take time, and that's that's one thing I told uh, told Chase. It's going to take about three to five years to build a program and do it the right way. Um, so we're on we're on the right path, but there's still things that we need to to fix and to to relearn as a group. And I think that leads perfectly into my next question. Something that you stressed when we wrote your hiring article and you and I got a chance to speak was patience. Now, patience patience can be very tough to come by in what is undoubtedly an instant gratification society that we live in. But how have your student athletes responded to that approach? And are you seeing some of the benefits of that already? Yeah, um, we're definitely seeing a lot of benefits happening. Um, You know, for for one, uh, uh, Angie, Angie's... uh, is you know I, I call them leaders. I don't call them captains. And the reason why I call them leaders is because I want them, you know, to be leaders not for the program, but be leaders um, in your community, be leaders uh, on campus, to be leaders outside of campus. And then you know she always tells me you know, uh, patience. It's all about pa- patience. That's what she texted me yesterday. Um, and 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 that's something that I that I've been pushing and and, and trying to get them to understand that. It's you know it's okay to be patient. It's okay to you know to learn and to grow and to get to understand who your coaches are. Like our our, our throws group, I I'm very proud of them. Um, our throws group has been through a lot. Um, Ava, um, Skyler, Cat, uh, um, Dom, uh, that that whole entire entire group 
um, you know, I, I see them and I see that they have the, the patience component that a lot of student athletes don't have. And so I want them to kind of learn uh, and, and teach the, the, other, the other student athletes that, hey, this is what you need to do in order to, to get better, um, uh, you know, in our sport. So it, it's coming along and it's, and it's, it's taking time. And um, you're right, self we are in a self-gratification era. <laughs> Just a bit. Um, yep. Uh, through social the social media, media era exactly yeah, yeah, great yeah. minds think alike yep 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 so you know we, we're getting there and um it, it's going to take time but um through hard work and and just being dedicated to the sport you know things will pay off every meet is a personal best on social media if you yes. go and look you'll see yeah, yeah. the next best time but something else that you've talked about is perpetual self-improvement we see that in the recruiting documents that we help create for the program yep. over the summer how have you improved as a coach during your first season and what are some of the metrics for the improvement of the student athletes that we might not see we see of course conference weekly awards we see new records being set and other such accolades but what are some of the things we don't see and how have you improved in your first season as a head coach from when you started um, so when I was when I was assistant, I felt like I wanted I wanted uh, you know the, our athletes to to run and and to hit marks quicker, and uh, and I remember when I was when I was coaching the, the, the sprint group, um, a few of them because it was after it was after COVID, all the restrictions kind of died down, um, and a lot of them were having like hamstring issues or quad issues, and uh, Allison pulled pull, you know pull me aside and she goes, you know, you need to take your time with them. And, uh, and ever since that conversation I had with Allison, I kind of used those metrics in, in, with any group that I had, uh, whether, whether I was coaching at, uh, at NIAC or, and then come, came back here, <clears throat> I kind of do things in a very uh, tier and stages, um, uh, stages modality instead of rushing things as, as I was in, as, as an assistant. And, uh, you know, it's kind of paid off because a, a lot of the workouts that I do now is mostly based on high volume, uh, as Liz will know, because she always tells me that, um, based on a lot of tempos, uh, uh, based on a lot of threshold workouts. So, you know, that's what I try to do. We do things in tears to, to get them set up to, to run at those, those types of, um, of, of, of high paces and, and, and high volumes of doing it in a slow, mundane way to seeing, you know, what you're going to get out of it um, in the long run. So, you know, th that's what I learned as an assistant to, to, that's helped me now as, as a head coach um, in, in this capacity. And of course, we have the indoor championship this weekend, but that's just yeah. one step on the long-term journey of the program. Yeah. If everything plays out exactly as Coach Akil St. Louis would like it, yeah. what does the future of the program look like moving forward? Oh, that's, that's a great question. Um, I, when, I, when I sat with, uh, with Chase... Um, I, I told him that I wanted to win in three years, um, and, and that's something that I—that's something that I think we can do. Um, but it's going to take a lot of dedication and hard work on this group that's that's here now. They're the foundation. Um, they're the ones that's going to help grow and 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 make the you know the future successes of the program happen. Um, with without them, nothing happens. Um, so. It's going to take a lot of time, like we say, like a lot of patience, um, but but our future is very bright. I, I believe is very bright. We went from uh, back when I was hired in August, went from a, a team that had about nine to ten student athletes to about 30, 31 student athletes currently. Um, so we're, we're growing as a group and we're growing as a program. The, the, 
the name is it's getting out there again. Um, you know, our first our first indoor meet, um, a lot of high schools came to 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 watch us compete, and I was I thought to myself, I was like, why are these all these high school coaches here? Some of them I don't even talk to, and they were here just to watch the CSI track and field team compete. Um, and you know th- that meant a lot to me. That you know Stan Allen was watching, um, and they're going to be watching ECCs. Um, so it's important for us to to kind of like get get our focuses back onto you know the task at hand, and and that's and that's conference. You know, so um, I think they're excited, they're prepared for it, and um, it, they have the tools. So it's now it's now it's time for us to execute them. And something that people can't see watching from the outside or attending a meet is the culture around the team. All the time, I see of student-athletes gathered around your office. It seems like the team is a very tight-knit group. They're always having a word with you. We see them plenty around the building. They work with us on game day. So they're very involved in the athletic community and in the campus community. But what's the culture around the team like in the atmosphere between yourself and the student-athletes? Um, it, it, was, it was important for, for me, uh, most notably, to, to get them out there to be involved with the community. So... Um, as far as like with track is concerned, like I said before, it's always about um, what tools are they going to be equipped with to to be successful when it's time for them to graduate and to to be out outside of, uh, in society. Um, so um, we we did three uh, community service events. Uh, the first one was uh, through uh, uh, Brittany McCarthy's uh, uh, foundation. Um, she was a CSI. Uh, Verrazano student who uh, who passed away in 2020 of a brain aneurysm, um, and you know I, I myself I had a lot of you know personal uh, stories and uh, through you know through obviously through brain aneurysm and, and all that stuff that involves with it, but her, but her mother Patricia she's very she's a vocal um, advocate for that. Um, so we ha- so I told him I was like, it was it was a rainy day. Um, and and we all went out there. Um, uh, Coach Renee was out there as well, and um, and you know they they got to to be around uh, that community, you know, raising uh, uh, raising monies and uh, from brain, for brain aneurysm uh, prevention. Um, and then obviously we did the the New York City Marathon, which is a great event um, to get the kids more in tune with uh, the running community and educate themselves of. Of, of about hydration and and hard work through volunteer volunteering, um, and then lastly we did the, the toy drive. The toy drive was a great great event right behind Townville High School um, through uh, Joe uh, Joe Peach uh, Preach sorry, and um, you know they they handed out toys and they were part of the, that community as well, um, wearing all their CSI gear, taking pictures, um, and that was good for them. Um, so it's, it's important that their their leaders. And their discipline, and their and and that would lead into being coachable and understanding that, hey, if if coach is, is speaking to me and and pointing me out, he's seeing my potential and what I can do um, on the track. So you know, that, those stuff is important, uh, and that's why you see a lot of um, our, our student athletes kind of 
uh, migrate to the uh, to the office sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great to hear. Yeah. A huge part of NCAA Division Two is giving back to the community, and there's yeah. no doubt that your team has done just that in addition to their performance on the yeah. track and on the course so far this season. Now, yeah. typically, I like to end my interviews with coaches and student-athletes the same way each time. Yeah. I give them a chance to look right at the camera. There it is yeah. over there. And if they have a message for the audience or even potential recruits, they can deliver that message right here and right now. Akil, the stage is yours. Um, Hello, friends <laughs> and recruits. Um, so again, uh, you know, thank you to, to Joe Foreman for you know allowing me to to use this platform to to speak to you, uh, the student athlete. Um, Why well, I think it's important that you uh, you know come and, and and come look at our program and you know come look at our school first and foremost is that you know we are a, a public entity um, that is affordable. Uh, in, in this era of inflation, which is important. Um, we are a, a school of inclusion. Um, you know, I myself uh, is a big believer in that. Um, we have uh, you know, a lot of different student athletes from all uh, diverse uh, mental pots who, you know, who are part of this program and want to grow and want to be a part of something great. Um, I myself and my coaches, who are Coach Rene uh, Enriquez, our throwers coach, Coach Jarrell Wisdom, our sprint coach. Um, we are all three uh, coaches who are empathetic, who understand you as a person, you as a student, you as an athlete. Um, you know, we want to help grow you and help help you be successful in our sport. So, um, you know, I've, I've been out there. I've been to Ocean Breeze. I've been to Tom's River. I've been to the Armory. I've been to Clove Lake, all these meets very uh van Collen park trying to get the name out and trying to um use our branding to to help you be a part of our program and be a part of our family so you know, i hope this message uh allows that for you to be um be a part of something great and of course here at csi there's also always the opportunity to be on csi Sportsnet as yeah. a part of the dolphin pod as well yeah, something yeah. else to look forward to we have some great gear as well. Yes, Don't yes, overlook yes. the merch and the great gear you'll receive as a student athlete here at CSI. But yeah. all kidding aside, Akil, thank you so much for coming on. This has been the season four premiere of the Dolphin Pod. And of course, you can catch Akil St. Louis and the indoor track and field team this weekend at the East Coast Conference Indoor Track and Field Championship. That stream can be found on the ECC network. Visit CSIDolphins.com for the link to purchase tickets and attend the event at Ocean Breeze or to watch live on the ECC network. Once again, thank you, Akil. And this has been Joe Foreman, your host of the Dolphin Pod, season four premiere only on CSI Sportsnet.